Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Roy Biancolata, and he is a certified relationship coach and a nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationships and the host of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. Along with being a frequent TV analyst, Roy is the author of three number one best-selling books, the latest of which is Relationship Bootcamp, Hardcore Training for Life, Love, and Pursuit of Intimacy. For the past 15 years, Roy has been supporting single people in the art of attracting healthy, sustainable, intimate relationships. His experience has taught him that getting in relationship shape is the key to attracting lasting love. Is that, is that correct, Roy? That is it. That's my experience anyway. Okay. So you have an interesting story as to how you got into a relationship coaching. It ties directly into our topic today. And I think it's really relevant for our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. I got into relationship coaching uh, through the back door. I guess you could say it was never my intention. It was never really a goal or a dream of mine. But I experienced uh, a number of relationship disasters. I mean, I was married for 19 years and that became a, a very, you know, co-parenting, functional kind of platonic relationship. There was no real man-woman stuff. So that didn't work out. We got divorced at about year 19 and then I immediately rebounded into, <laughs> well, what was the opposite of that relationship that was all based upon sex and chemistry and we were together for about two and a half years and six months before we were to get married, she dumped me. She broke up with me. And that that really led into, Alan, what I would describe as a one year long midlife crisis. I mean, I was an absolute mess. Um, I mean, heart palpitations, sleepless nights, obsessive. Oh, my thinking. God. I, oh, my God. I, I, I wasn't a very good father at that time. Um, my professional life suffered. And so at the end of that relationship, I did the only thing I knew how to do to survive that pain, which was I just joined a bunch of online dating sites and tried to replace the last woman with a new one. Right. And so that is not what I advise. That is. So you I, went I, from bad to worse. Yeah, yeah. To worse. I, I often tell people, if you want a great love life, just do the opposite of everything I've done. Okay. Wow. So I got on these sites and I just, because I wasn't available and I was still hurting and I was just, I, I guess I was using women to help me get over the last one. I didn't know at the time, but I was a mess. So there was so much drama involved in it that at that point, um, a person suggested that I get a coach. And this might be the first thing that I want to say to people is, is learn from me on this one. The, the, the biggest learning that I or the biggest thing I did in my life that changed the, the very trajectory of my love life was that back then, and it's funny now, but I actually thought that my love life was a mess because of it was the woman's fault. 
Like I was blaming my ex-wife for this and that. All my ex-fiance was this and that. And all you crazy women online. It never occurred to me that I was the common denominator in all, all of the pictures. I really thought I had just not met the right person yet. Wow. And so the big learning was that it was me, that, that I was missing things about myself. I wasn't noticing my, how my childhood conditioning was affecting the way I was. So, so was it the coach? Was it the coach that opened your eyes to this? Yes, it, it really was. Well, it, my best friend was a coach also, and he suggested that I work with uh, one of his friends because to work with my friend wasn't really going to be appropriate. Um, but right. It was in that moment that I began to recognize that maybe I have some responsibility in this, that maybe I was doing something to attract these patterns, create these dynamics, because up until then, I really was thinking it was everybody else's fault. And that shift from pointing the finger to looking in the mirror and really wondering what was I doing to create these dynamics, that was the single biggest shift that I've ever had in my life because it enabled me to see things that were right there, but that I wasn't noticing because I wasn't looking at myself. I wasn't looking for my blind spots. I wasn't looking for what I call my relationship personas. I, I wasn't evaluating my relationship fitness level. It was right. all about the women. And so that's one of the major things I tell people when they want to attract a healthy, sustainable relationship. It's not about trying to find them. In fact, in my newest book, Relationship Bootcamp, it's right over my shoulder there. <laughs> I say the biggest mistake that we make, Alan, in the pursuit of intimacy is to put our attention on them. Like, where do I find them? How do I meet them? How do I approach them? How do I get them to approach me? How do I flirt with them? What do I say now, now, to them? Do you say something in, in that book? Do you say something, how to fix yourself? Yes, well, that's what the whole book is about. Good. Right, right. because it really is not about them. It's really about you. It's about focusing on how you're showing up in the world, becoming more self-aware about what I call in the book, since the book takes on kind of a fitness motif, right? Relationship boot camp, right, right. Um, hardcore training for life, love, the pursuit of intimacy. I focus on what I call seven relationship muscles. Okay. And I put quotations yes, around yes, muscles, yes, right? Yes, yes. But they are seven things that I think that are going on inside of us that if these issues, if these muscles are weak and flabby, you're going to have real difficulty relating in a healthy, sustainable way. But if you can strengthen those muscles, if you can work on yourself and get yourself relationally fit, then you are prepared to go the distance. It's like if somebody wants to run a triathlon, okay, you could talk about the strategy of the race, you know, like how much water should I drink and when should I eat? And what about getting out? of the water to the bike and the bike to the, you could talk about race day strategy, but it's more important to talk about, are you in shape for a triathlon, right? You can have the best strategy in the world, but if you're out of shape, you're not going to go the distance. That is the you. same thing you. in our love lives. If you want a fantastic love life, you know, pertaining to your podcast, right? If you want a fantastic love life, 
It's not about race day. I mean, it's not about what you do to meet that person, what you say to them, how do you interact with them? Where do I find them? It's about getting in shape for that moment that you meet them. Because if you meet somebody and you still have baggage from your past that you haven't let go of, if you, you know, still don't know how to communicate in a healthy way to make a connection, if you don't know how to handle your emotions or someone else's emotions in a healthy kind of responsible way, if you're not in shape, then even if you meet somebody fantastic, you're never going to go the distance. Yeah, you're, I get you. I get you. I get you. Enough, I get right? you, Roy. So let me, that's let me my turn, focus. As yeah, a I hear you. I hear you. That's that's amazing. But I want to go on to another point. You know, yeah. in your book, Relationship Bouquet, you talk about the biggest mistake we make is the pursuit of intimacy. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, I just did. Actually, I jumped ahead. Um, the biggest mistake we make is we focus on them and we don't focus on ourselves. And it's because you know how the ego is. The, the ego never wants to look at itself. It never wants to take responsibility. It never wants to wonder, what am I doing to create these patterns and these problems and these painful relationships? It just wants to point the finger. And when you're searching for a partner, it always just wants to, you know, where do I meet them and where do I go and what do I stay, say instead of, am I ready to relate in a real healthy way? It, Am I in shape? Am I prepared for something real? So the biggest mistake we make is we, we focus on them and we don't really do the work that it takes, you know, to make a great relationship because Alan, you know, what I'm talking about here is anybody can have a mediocre relationship, right? If you want to be in a relationship where you kind of just do life together and don't kill each other. Okay. Anybody can do mediocrity, but if you want something special, if you want an amazing relationship with another human being where the two of you are connected and you communicate and you're deep together and you're, you're in this mutual creative supportive space, that takes work to work on yourself and to kind of get rid of all the blockages that we might have to those things and let go of our baggage and all of the barriers that might be within us. So that's, that's who I want to support is people who really want an exceptional love life um, because that takes a little bit more effort. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Now you went into seven relationship muscles. You yeah. mentioned that. Let's go into those now. Yeah. I think the juiciest one is the one, what I call your relationship to your past, right? Now we all have bumps and bruises, from our past. You know, I, I often joke that the only people that don't have baggage are the little babies in the maternity ward. Okay. <laughs> Everybody else to one degree or and another. Who knows? They might even have baggage of their parents that we don't know. <laughs> <about>. <laughs> it depends on your view of reincarnation and everything else. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we all have it to one degree or another. Some have had deep trauma and abuse Others of us have just the normal bumps of bruises of being dumped or betrayed or deceived or lied to or ghosted. Okay. So we have this past. And for most of us, that past is still alive in us. In other words, it's not something that merely happened. It's something that is still happening. Like it's alive in us. It, um, 
it, it, it causes us to be a bit guarded, maybe a bit suspicious. It brings about trust issues. It makes us not be vulnerable to not open our hearts that easily to kind of build a wall around our hearts, right? So when the past is alive in you, you want to protect yourself from getting hurt again, like you did in the past, which is understandable, but that wall that you put up to protect you will keep you safe, but it will keep you single because nobody can get in, which means they can't hurt you, but they also can't love you. <laughs> okay. That's right. So one of the things we have to do is learn how to let go of the past. And I often call it like it's a menage a trois from hell, meaning it's me, it's the other person and my past. And we're all in this relationship together. Okay. Yeah. yeah right? I get you. I get you. So, because when you've been hurt, if you've been betrayed, it's so easy to meet a new person and say, wait a minute now. Are you going to hurt me? Are you going to betray me? Are you going to be just like the other one? And so that energy can be felt, right? That yeah, guardedness yeah. can be felt. And, you know, good grounded people, they don't bring a sledgehammer to a date. They don't want to break down your wall. They're just going to look for that guy or that girl over there who's got their arms wide open that is ready to play, ready to dance, ready to flirt, ready to interact with an, with an openness and an availability. But when we have the past alive in us, we're emotionally unavailable in a sense, right? Yeah. Because we're, we're guarding ourselves. We might be saying, come, 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 but we're saying, stay away, stay away. So dealing with our trust issues, there's nothing wrong with having trust issues. You can almost not go through life and not get a little jaded, a little hurt. It's what you do with that. Right. Most Let's of go us on to a second. Keep muscle. it alive. Let's go on to a second muscle where, as I yeah. said, I'm on a time frame here and I want to cover so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, another one is your relationship to your inner truth. Right now, I often tell on my podcast or when I on other people's podcasts or I do live speaking events sometimes, not as much recently, obviously, um, that I, I often ask the question, would you rather be in a relationship that was characterized by honesty, authenticity, transparency, and openness? Or would you rather be in a relationship that's characterized by playing games, manipulations, withholding, and dishonesty, right? Nobody says that they want to be in that. Everybody says, no, I want to be in an authentic relationship until they learn what that actually means, <laughs> okay? <laughs> what it actually means is that to relate authentically what means that you are committed to revealing yourself to another person. You're revealing your emotions, your thoughts, your judgments, your stories. You're revealing your body sensations. You're revealing your wants, your fears, your worries. In other words, I call it dating naked. It's like you're dating exposed. You're, you're revealing who you are. You're, you're, you're not hiding yourself. There's no pretense. You're not playing games. So this kind of authenticity is unbelievably rare because most of us are so afraid of being judged. If somebody knew what I'm thinking or feeling or wanting, they would reject me or judge me or they would just misunderstand, right? So I often 
say it in a playful way. Okay. Like, so you're on a date with someone, right? First, first date, maybe you met them online. You're sitting there face to face with them for the first time. And you're over here saying, oh my God, they're really cute. They're really attractive. I really, you know, I'm, I'm already wondering what our kids will look like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm already planning our second date or hoping for a second date. And uh, right. So you're, you're all into them. Do you tell them that? Do you say, hey, by the way, as we're sitting here, what I'm noticing going on in Royville over here is that I'm so attracted to you. I'm already thinking about how beautiful our children will be. And I'm already hoping for a second, a third, a 10th, a 50th date with you. Um, I just wanted you to know that that's how I feel right now in this moment. Do you do that? Do you reveal what's going on inside of you? If you say you want an authentic relationship, the answer is yes. But most of us don't because we're well, afraid. I, I think, if I, I think, was to say that, that might scare that person off. I, they I might think that's think true. I'm, I think you'd scare the hell out of them. Yeah, say, no, you what wouldn't. What do you mean? No, this guy's no. a crazy I, man. I completely disagree. It's your truth, first of all. And if they like you too, they're going to be turned on by that. If they're not interested in you, it wouldn't scare them away because they're not going to see you again anyway. Yeah. So what's the difference? The, the real issue, Alan, is it comes down to whether you want to be a person who tells the truth of your experience or whether you want to play a game to control the other person's response. And I just stand for fearless dating and saying, I'm just, I just want to be with you and reveal who I am and what I'm experiencing over here. I don't, I, I, I want to be like Adam and Eve in the garden. I want to be naked and unashamed. And I want you to see me. And if what you see you like, we're in business. If what you see you don't like, that's fine too, because I'm whole and complete, even with a partner or without one. I get right? So I just stand for that kind of thing. And I think most people in their heart of hearts don't want to play games and don't want to try to manipulate the other person and control the relationship because okay. they recognize that if they do that, they never feel secure because they're, when I only show you the part of myself that I think you will like, I never can be sure that I'm really loved. I'm going to catch at that, Roy, because I want to move into a third muscle that you have. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the emotional muscle and your, your relationship to your emotions, right? Um, emotions are the contact point in a relationship. And most of us, really are not very emotionally intelligent, okay? Most of us don't know how to communicate our feelings in a healthy way that creates connection. We don't know how to be with other people's powerful emotions. This might be true, especially of men. That might be a little sexist and too overgeneralized, but in, in my experience, most men are not very skilled in the emotional realm, and they don't know how to handle and be with a woman's anger or sadness or fear. Um, and they don't know how to be with their own. Like most men, just everything comes out the anger hose. They don't know how to reveal that they feel scared or their, or their sadness and so forth. So most of us are not skilled in the, in the emotional arts. And if you're going to relate with another human being um, and you can't handle their emotional swings and your own emotions and be able to communicate them in healthy ways that, that lead to a deeper intimacy rather than a division, 
you're just going to be stuck in one disappointing relationship after another. So this is another one of the major muscles that you, you got to get stronger. You got to strengthen your relationship to your emotions and to your past and to your inner truth. These are the things that I find help people get really prepared and sort of in shape for something special and something sustainable. That's great. That's great. I think we have time for a fourth muscle. Well, what I, what I would say, I think there's another muscle called the relationship to your, your mind, that voice in your head, that's always telling you what the truth about everything is. Okay. But I think what might be better, Alan, is to let the, the listener, the viewer know that there is a way to find out your current relationship fitness cool, level. Cool. Cool. Right, Let's right? go there. Let's go like, there. We're talking about this and most of us, with our ego, we either overestimate ourselves like, oh, I'm God's gift. I've got no problems. Or we go the other way. I'm a loser. I'm broken down. I'm the worst. I'm not good at love and relationships. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle there. But I've created a self-test where it's a 30-question true-false test. It takes about five minutes to take, but it's unbelievably accurate. And it will give you immediate results as to your current relationship fitness level. Wow. Because wow. if you went to the gym and you, you wanted to get in great relate, uh, physical shape, a good trainer, the first thing they're going to do is run you through a bunch of assessments to see where you are now. Because once they know where you are now, they can put a program together to get you where, where you want to be. So as a coach, I know where you want. You want to be, you want to be in this great, healthy relationship. But if I'm going to help you get there, I need to know where you're starting from. I need to know what kind of fitness level you have now. So on my website, coachingwithroy.com, the, I read on the homepage is a relationship fitness test. And it's, very, it's all confidential. You get your results immediately. You also get recommendations on what to do, depending on what fitness level you fall into. And I just think it's a piece of information about yourself that could be one of the most valuable things to know. Am I ready for something real or do I need to get myself in better shape? And then lastly, what I'll say, Alan, most people get the results back that they need to get in better shape, which sort of makes sense, right? If you're not in a great relationship, if you're not ecstatically happy and functioning beautifully with another human being, it is probably because you need to get in better shape. So don't be surprised if you get, quote, negative results that you need to get in better shape because I know when I took the, I took the test in my own head, even though I wrote it, I took it back in the day when I was still single and doing all my stuff. And I scored in the lowest category, the worst category, which made sense. My love life was a mess, right? So I just say that to people to, if you expect to get ratings, like you're Jesus or Buddha, you're probably not going to that's what I'm saying. You're probably going to find out you're human like the rest of us, and you need to get your butt in better shape. And that's what I do as a coach. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you. Roy Baker. I pronounce that for me again. Biancolana. Yes. Biancolana. Coachingwithroy.com. Roy Biancolana. What an amazing show we just had, ladies and gentlemen. Beautiful. Thank so you. So if you like this show, please say you liked it and also put some comments down so we can get more viewers, so we can get this to more people where need the help. Thank you, Roy. Thank you, Alan. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. 
Did you know that you can get a free copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life? Yep. Just visit 13gpnow.ca and we'll send it right to you. That's the number 13gpnow.ca. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic day.